Welcome to another episode of Called to Marriage. My name is Thomas, and I'm here with my wife, Marcia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're back again today, and we are talking about... (laughs) We're talking about why it is important for Christians to go to church. church. That's right. And we do have a scripture for you today, so we're going to go right into the scripture and begin to talk about why you need to go to church. The scripture comes from Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm reading verses 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Amen. That great day when our Christ will return. Will we be ready? (laughs) So we mustn't forsake the gathering of ourselves. It's a part of that preparation for that great day, right? Yeah. You know what this scripture reminds me of? I just had this, this thought. You know, before Jesus left, the last instruction he gave to the apostles or to the disciples was that they wait together to gather they wait together for the appearance of the Holy Spirit before they even began anything, before the apostles went about preaching. Now, mind you, he had given them the great commission in Matthew 28 that they should go into all nations and preach the gospel and teach all men to obey his commandments. But that did not even start. So after that commandment, he then instructed them, wait until the Holy Spirit comes down upon you. We understand that that is the birth of the church right in the upper room. And so it's really essential. And there's a strong emphasis on waiting together. They didn't go back to their duties. They didn't go back to, you know, some fishing, some doing this, I'm doing that. And then the Holy Spirit just, you know, picked them. And then the church was born. So the church was born out of unity. The church was born out of a strong body. The church was born out of a people with a common purpose. The Bible says that they, they, prayed together mm-hmm. in the upper room together mm-hmm. and then the holy spirit descended and they began to now carry forward the great commission that is really essential mm-hmm. yep so you know this topic we think is very important because thomas and i have just come across so many people in our lives and excuse me Thomas and I have just come across so many people who, for one reason or another, are not attending church in any way, by the way, because, you know, and this is always my like issue with people who don't attend church is Mm -hmm. they always say that they have this issue with church and that issue, but you never see them um, making any efforts to do something, you know, that fits whatever their imagination is of what church should be according to their interpretation of the Bible. So if you think church should be house church, why don't you go ahead and Do form it? Church. Yeah. <laughs> if you think church should be, you know, with this particular liturgy and not the one we currently do or whatever, do something about it, you know? Yeah. But more often than not, I just see them forsaking the assembling altogether. And yeah. that's concerning for me. And people have a lot of different reasons that they've shared with us. Um it's funny, they the reasons we've heard do perfectly align with that study that we saw. Yeah. Um, there was a study that um, 
oh gosh, I hope I don't misquote it, that um, said that the reasons why people don't go to church, you'll say it better because you had even said them earlier. What's, what study is that again? I, it was like a Pew Research study out of an article, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, the point is, here are some of the reasons why people, you know, don't go to church. And these are reasons that we've been, you know, given by people yeah. too. Yeah. In my experience, I think there are three large categories, maybe four, if I add the one you, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, one, people, <laughs> <laughs> people who, let me say Christians who don't go to church say, they don't like, well, first of all, they have found a new way. Christians who don't go to church say they've found a new way of practicing their faith. Yeah, their own personal way. And that's equally good. So they don't need to go to the church. And usually underneath that, or, you know, the subtext to that would be, I want to pursue being spiritual and not being, and not being religious. They, they make a dichotomy between being religious and being spiritual. So right, they, they don't say, want any part of like organized religion. Right. So that would be the second one, which is that they just don't like organized congregation or, you know, organized religious practice. They don't like the fact that, you know, religion, you know, brings people together and they, they have to, you know, move together. They don't like that. So the first one is that they found it a new way of practicing their faith. The second one is that they don't like congregations. They don't like people, you know, being grouped together and maybe pursuing the same thing. They don't like it. And the third reason would be, what was the third reason I said? Um, that, well, you had mentioned that the third reason would be um, that some people are genuinely, they don't know. They, they, have, they have not really given it any thought as to whether church is good or not. Maybe they have never had any experience really with church. So it's not that they don't like the church. It's just that they don't know. They just go about their work. They, you know, they went to school, they went to college, they finished, they have a career and they're just working and making money and living their lives. And church has never really been a part of their lives. And so they don't even have any thoughts. It's not like they don't like the church as some Christians who've experienced church life would say they, they're just indifferent. They're just that they don't go to church. Yeah, that was my one of my or reason that I have observed. The third re- reason, according to the study, was that, and this is something we hear all the time. I just haven't found a church that I like. Like none of the churches that I've been to, oh, you know, yeah. go agree with me. I just don't like any of the churches that I've been to. Da, da, da. I haven't so found a better church. That's yeah, why I don't go to church. A good enough church to become a, good a member enough of. Church. That's right. Yeah, and um, yeah. So, and then there's another huge reason <laughs> Isn't that, that interesting. <laughs> another huge reason, and I feel like. Sometimes it's subconscious. People may not say it explicitly, but you know it, right? Is like church hurt. Someone yeah. has an experience with someone at church that, like, even a church leader that they mm. are offended by, you know, the encounter that they had with that person, or they attend a church that underwent a scandal in the leadership. And yeah. that's something that, you know, just hit close to home or that, you know, made them feel that they, you know, just don't want to go to church anymore. They feel like all the churches are full of hypocrites and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I describe that as being emotionally scratched. They were emotionally scratched by something that happened. And whether or not they've healed from it, they just always look to that scar to say, I'm never going there. All of a sudden, I just saw this podcast just getting so long because on one hand, we're here (laughs) to talk about the importance of attending church. But then like, I'm thinking of all the 
like breaking down all these things that we're mentioning too, like what the flaw is or the concern is. We can talk about it. I mean, yeah. So we'll just see how far we get, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So with us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we'll work our way backward, I guess. Um, Starting with church hurt. So I've experienced church hurt. Thomas has experienced church hurt. (laughs) I think every mature Christian has experienced (laughs) church hurt. (laughs) I think it's like a normal, unfortunately, right? But it's like something every maturing Christian will experience. You know, church is full of flawed people, people who stumble. So we're no longer those who practice sin, but we do stumble. We do still miss the mark sometimes. That's just (laughs) what it is, you know? Yeah. There are churches that, you know, are on the whole getting it wrong. And, you know, if you, I'm not saying (laughs) go to just any church, but it's not every church that's getting it wrong. There are some decent churches, albeit imperfect, right? They may be imperfect, but they are decent. They are good. And... (laughs) Your good needs to be added to the good of the church. (laughs) So, you know, and this now takes us to one of the important reasons why you need to be in church is we've already established through the word that the assembling is important. So when you assemble, you're able to give of yourself to the ministry. And at the same time, if there's something you think that can be improved, you can be a part of the solution, right? Like you can't criticize from the outside. Like you need to be a part of it so you can see properly to be able to give valid criticisms. That's right. So, yeah. I mean, to take it back to the um, point you made about people getting hurt in church, I think it's just a human issue. Sure, because outside of the church, we get hurt all the time too. But we don't. Yeah, we get hurt in relationships. When people still try to, you know, pursue a relationship, we get hurt, and you know. Yeah, it's like driving. You know, right? Driving or riding in a vehicle. You know how many accidents happen every year in wherever country you are. Let's say here in the United States, people get hurt in car accidents by the thousands. Yeah, (laughs) they still drive. But you know, how many cars do you see on the highway? Do you know what science has done to humanity? Well, you know what technology has done? We wouldn't be, you know, speaking into these microphones and recording on on this camera if not for science and technology. But do you also know what science and technology has done? Do you know all the nuclear weapons we've created to wipe out generations? Would you say science is evil? Science can be evil sometimes, but science in and of itself is harmless. Mm -hmm. Science is just science. Technology is just technology. Church is just church. The church is just the body of Christ. Now, there are people within church who can take advantage of the position they are in within the church to wrong you just because they are humans as you are. Now, you don't take that to say the church is evil. The human being you you encountered did you wrong. Why? Because he's human, just as you also do others wrong. It's not really about the church. It's about our experiences with other human beings. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. church, both as a place, as a spiritual entity, as the bride of Christ, is harmless. It just is. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't harm you in any way. The church is different from the human experiences we have within the church. It just so happened that the person who hurt you was in the church. And in most cases, maybe played a vital part of the church. So in our minds, in our emotional experiences, it's difficult for us to sometimes separate that person 
from the church itself in our in our minds in our feelings that person is the church <laughs> so when we get hurt by a person like that we say the church hurt me or maybe a, some group a group of people we say the church hurt me because in our minds the church is only the people but the church goes beyond that of course the people make the church but the church is bigger than the people mm-hmm. especially the ones who hurt you so we we need to understand that so that we move away. And I think this is fundamental. If you want to mature as a Christian, whether you've experienced a church head or you have never experienced that, learn this. When you go through any situation within the church, reason it out and take it to prayer. It's not that the church is evil, church folks are this, church, the church, I, I wish all churches would, would be closed and all that. No, the church has done nothing. It's the people and some people. And we need to understand that and, you know, draw a line between those two. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, my thoughts are all over the place. Uh, I'm just <laughs> going to go in a totally different direction now. I don't have a smooth transition. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So, yeah. So going, I, I was thinking about the fact that a lot of people who have experienced church hurt and choose to leave the church they usually are careful about their words, though. They usually try not to like trash the whole church, all to, like the church altogether, because they themselves know that though they may have had harmful experiences at church, they've also had beneficial yeah. um, things from the church. A lot of them grew up in church and they know that there are things they've acquired, useful, good things from their church experience. And so knowing that, you know, should tell you that, okay, maybe it's not the church altogether. Maybe it's the way that this kind of church operates Mm. and I want to be a part of this kind of church. So go look for that church and don't give up (laughs) until you find it. And if you really don't find it, then create something, right? The assembling, it doesn't say church as we know it in 2022 in America or in wherever you live. Yeah. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. Yeah. So there is, you know, what if there's a place, like there are places where, that are being evangelized right now yeah. where the pers- a person goes and evangelizes a group of people in Vanuatu, I don't know, some whatever random yeah. place. And and then the person usually eventually dies or leaves, right? They are there for a, for a period of time and they're equipping the saints that are there. Mm-hmm. But none of them may be, you know, trained in theology or whatever. You know, I'm not necessarily um, encouraging you to just run off and quickly, sorry, hastily create your own assembly. But it's an, it's an idea. It's not um, completely wrong. Yeah. You know, you can do that. And if you're diligent, you can even decide to go to, you know, to school and learn so that you can be a teacher of, of, of the Bible, of the word, which leads me to another benefit of going to church is that typically churches are led by one who is a teacher of the word and who is well-versed in the word of God, who is able to preach the gospel, teach the Bible. And that's not something, you know, that is easy to accomplish um, all on your own. Like we, iron sharpens iron. We sharpen one another. I was going to make you read that <laughs> verse, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. I yeah, think. we <laughs> need others to help us, even in our. Now, I'm not saying this is in place of your personal devotion, because you need to have personal time with the Lord. Your faith is personal. You need to be praying in your prayer closet, so to speak. You need to be reading the word in, you know, quiet reflection with yourself and the Holy Spirit. But you also need to come together with the saints, right? Like, and that's just very, very important. So I would, 
you know, encourage you that that's a reason why you need to be at church to be taught, right? And we all have authorities in our lives, mentors, and, you know, in your spiritual life is no different. Like yeah. you need a spiritual authority, you need a spiritual mentor. And, and which leads me to another <laughs> advantage, <Keep going>. of, <laughs> advantage of attending church, right? Is mentors. And so you have, you know, your mentor who's a teacher, someone who's mentoring you in or discipling you, you know, in yeah. the word of God, in the ways of God and being a follower of Jesus Christ. But then you have other kinds of mentors in your life. Those who are teaching you still about the ways of God, but pertaining to a particular issue, pertaining to marriage, pertaining to family and other kinds of relationships, pertaining to whatever career, finances, you, you can find godly people at church who are going to be able to mentor you in those areas. You know, it's happened, again, our personal experience. We just know so many people who struggle to find mentors in their lives um, about marriage, for example, and they, you know, they're having a hard time in their marriage and they just don't know who to talk to, Hmm. you know, to get wisdom. And like church is just about every, first of all, we met in church. So <laughs> yeah, I found my true. husband at church, you know, or he found me. <laughs> and and then every mentor we've had has been from church that I, yeah. to my recollection, I may be, you know, missing yeah. one. Uh, to my recollection, if, if, if it's I not every, it's 90, yeah. per, 95%, like every mentor yeah. that we've had. And they've been excellent. And these are people who have been married longer than us, who are happily married, who are able to teach us godly things about marriage and about family, who, you know, to this day, we know we can still lean on them when we need help. So go to church to build those relationships. Because again, some people may hurt you. Even the people who, you know, a lot of times it's the people closest to us who even hurt us sometimes, right? But there are a lot of people who will pour into you, who will encourage you. There are a lot of people at church who will be such a source of wisdom for you. So it's not everybody who's just going to be there to, you know, insult you or whatever, offend you. I think it's honestly a little childish to go to a place where the human beings are and not not expect to be be stepped on. Mm. If you're at a party and there are drinks, there's food, chances are someone will just, you know, bite into meat and... (laughs) You know, something will just drop on your nice, beautiful, nicely ironed white shirt. You can't be mad at a party like that where there's food and everyone is eating. So it's it's expected. It's good if it doesn't happen. And, you know, as we all grow together, we hope that we learn to treat each other well. But honestly, you know, in the, in the church where there are some very matured, some who are not really matured, some who are being tested by maybe a position, some who are going through different seasons. It's expected that we are going to experience things that you know would make us unhappy. And so we need to learn again, we need to learn that and tell that to ourselves because that is true. That is true. Count on it. Um, expect that. So that when it does happen, not that you're going there to be hurt, but when it does happen. You'll be mature enough to say, yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> they're human beings. Yeah, I, I don't expect less mm-hmm. that, him, you know, you're not all going to turn into godly angels and never do me harm because you're not angels. So um, that, that's the first thing I would, I would say. We need to understand this. Paul talks about the new man in the book of Ephesians. The new man has Christ as the head and then members of the body of Christ 
which constitutes us. We believers constitutes the members of the body of Christ. We make the body of Christ. And remember Jesus talked about being the vine and we being the branches. If you don't abide in the vine, you are not going to bear fruit. So you want to know why you need to go to church? It's a serious thing. It's not, you know, an afterthought that I would think about it whether to go to church. Every serious believer looks around to see where they can find other believers who are looking up to God in reverence so he can hold hands with them and move together. Why? Because we are members of a body. Whose body? Christ's body. No part of a body exists on its own. Mm-hmm. That's a clear indication oh of gosh. death. Like you have stepped on the path to death and you have left the narrow path. Yes. This finger would not get out of my body. This finger is Thomas's finger. If, it, if that finger gets cut off, it will surely die. Die in minutes. This finger is Thomas's body. It's Thomas. My head is Thomas. My hand is Thomas. My foot, every part of my body make me together, all together. Now, if anyone or part, any part of my body dares to live outside of my body alone and think that, you know, it's going to survive, it's deceiving itself. And it, the same goes with church. It, look, it doesn't matter how much you hate the church, the church that you experience, you need to join together with the body of believers to look up to God together. I always say, just like the cross, one is vertical, one is horizontal. We are looking up to God, but we are also holding hands together as members of the body of Christ, and then the cross is complete. If you are outside and you are just arms folded, you're not holding anybody's hand, you're not nourishing anybody, nobody is nourishing you, you are not encouraging anybody. Nobody is encouraging you. You are not being watered. Neither are you watering anybody. It's only a matter of time. You're going to die. It's like fish being out of the water or the ocean. It's only a matter of time. It's going to die. It's a matter of extreme significance. It's like you don't even have to ponder and think. I'll, I'll think about it. You must be connected to a body. I don't care how you do it. Mm-hmm. You have to be within a body. Mm-hmm. Call it church, call it Bible study, call it house church, right. call it outreach, call it missions, whatever you call it. You need to be meeting with people mm-hmm. to sharpen each other. That is how God has designed it. That is the kingdom way of living. Mm-hmm. If you are not there yet, I doubt you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yep, because, yeah, as you said, if you're not connected, I mean, then you're dead. So, yeah. And yeah. You know, there are things that offenses that occur and they're within the realm of normal within a relationship. There are also things that take place that truly shake your conscience. You don't feel at ease in that particular place where these things are going on. And maybe you've even tried to voice your concern and, you know, whatever. It's not working. You can leave the church where you don't feel comfortable, where your spirit doesn't feel at ease but you leaving church altogether is only a detriment to you you leaving a particular church and praying god please lead me to a church where i feel 
you know, things are being done yeah. properly, it's okay because we know that sometimes we've there are churches where unfortunately the leaders are not, you know, holding upholding a biblical standard for what leaders you know, the, the characteristics that a leader should have, the attributes. Mm-hmm. But there are churches that have that. So you need to be praying because if you just throw away church altogether, you are only harming yourself. Because yeah. like Thomas said, once you're disconnected, you're dead. That's it. So you need to find somewhere to be. Yeah. It's important. And by the way, let me also add this. In the life of the Christian believer, you know, you don't really have a say as to what God uses you for and how he uses you. If you are a Christian, you need to also understand this. You do not have a say as to how God uses you. So don't really look to men when it comes to, you know, I, I got hurt in the church. I, I This happened. You know, babes do that. Babes, toddlers throw temper tantrums. Mm. You don't have to do that. What you need to understand, I think, is that you need to be solely looking toward Christ. God can choose to stir up the hearts of the men in your church to rise up against you in such a way that you have never seen in your life. You would think the church is the most evil thing on earth, but it's not. It's not a church. Those men are being stirred up. Did God not stir up Pharaoh's heart against the Israelites? So, if you really understand the sovereignty of God, there's no nothing as bad in your life. <laughs> you just solely trust God. You just believe God that He knows you and He's a good Father. He knows how much you can bear. He would not send anything beyond that which He can bear to you. So even if someone rises up against you in the church, you're able to look through them to see the glory of God in what is happening to you in your life. And you say, God, do with me as you please. If I need to stay here, give me the grace to stay. Um, Let me be gracious. Let me season my words. And let me still be the light that you've made me. If you need me to get out of here, make a way for me. I do not want to have my good spoken of as evil. See, that's the motto of the Christian. If you can trust God in what he's doing in your life, and if you can believe that he is sovereign, as Romans says, Romans 8, God works all things together for good to all those who love him. If you can run with that, you will be able to see past the faults of men, the mistakes, the errors of men, even when they are not treating you well. And I think every Christian believer needs to have this deep within their hearts to say, I will not return, you know, evil for evil. It's okay if I leave. And it's also okay even if I stay. It's all to God. I want to count on God in every way. But when things happen like that, and, and you know, James talks about this, that our own desires tempt us. You know, desires grow and they, they become temptations and then we fall to them and then we become sinful. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that there's always something in it that God is working. We may not see it, but God is still king over every situation. And if it's happening, if somebody has hurt you in your church, if somebody said something bad to you, look past them and say that, I'm going to take that and turn it into something glorious unto God and just move on as a soldier for God. You will become a better Christian. You would please God even more. The favor of God would be mildly, you know, resting on you or rested on you. And it will shock you today how mature you'll be like gold. 
tried in fire. I'm not here to share any church, right? Maybe that's another episode we can do. I've been through so many of them. Mm-hmm. And that is the most important thing I've learned, that it doesn't really matter. God chooses what he wants to do with my life and how he wants things to turn up in my life. And I am pleased with that wherever I go. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over in different ways, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) and also speaking all over the place. But going back to this idea of, um, you know, if you don't like where you are, try somewhere else. You know, I'll use myself as an example. A lot of churches that I've been to don't read a lot of the word. Hmm. You know, I, I recently was interested in Messianic Jude- Jews, I should say, uh, Messianic Jews and how they do church. And I heard that they read a lot from the Torah and from the Bible in general. The New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was interesting to me. I'm like, well, why don't we do that, right? So, I mean... In the case that I think my church is not doing something good that it should be doing or whatever, I have other churches I can go to. And I have not even tried to go to like any to like an an Orthodox church or a Messianic church, like Messianic Jew church or whatever. And so I have not exhausted every kind of church there is. And the fact is, as many, you know, cultures, ethnicities as there are under the sun is as many churches, different kinds of churches um, there are. Now, I have not done that because even though, yes, I've, that's a, a bit of a flaw that I've seen in a lot of the churches that I've been to, like the church that I go to currently, I believe teaches the word very well. And I love. there's so many things I love about the church that there may be some things I um, think could be better, but I'm there to be a part of the solution, like I said earlier. So I think the good outweighs the bad and I enjoy where I am. I think I have, you know, there's a great pastor and great leaders at my church. Um, but if you don't feel that way, can you really say that you've tried every, you know, kind of church and you've really given a great effort? And I, I'm sure that you can't because you would have found a good church. <laughs> you don't know enough <laughs> to write off the church. Yeah. You know, there's different kind of church. If you don't like the, sh- the churches that are flashy and whatever, there are churches that are just quiet. Laid back. No lights, no loud music. They are quiet. There's some churches that don't even do music. They just clap. They don't even have instruments. <laughs> they don't sing in a microphone. Right. They, they just, just clap. They don't even have mouth. instruments. Right. You know, there are churches that have icons and all kinds of religious art, and that makes people feel connected to God. And there are people who, that I, that actually makes me uncomfortable. I don't want yeah, to be in a church away. like that. Yeah. And you can go to a church that's designed totally differently. Like, you don't have to go to one kind of church, like to the kind of church you grew up in, let's say. You may have grown up in a particular church and you grow up and as you read the word for yourself and you build your own personal relationship with God, you realize that mm, I actually feel more at home here and you transition. You don't yeah. leave the faith altogether. You go according to the way the spirit is leading you because there are some things that are black and white in the Bible. Which church to attend is not one of them. <laughs> that is something Wait, two that you, or three, I got it. Yes. You need to be led by the spirit of God where you ought to be in any season of your life. So yeah, that's yeah. my encouragement to you. It's important for you to find, you know, home for this season of your life and for life in general. Going that's to church great. is important. <laughs> All right, let's level it down to five reasons why you need to go to church, shall we? Uh oh. We've already given a bunch. Uh and there's but there's the one more thing I think we should say too. Just before that, mm-hmm. addressing the issue of, you know, I, I I don't go to church because I found my own personal way of practicing my spirituality mm. 
or my faith that I that I prefer and I, I want to be spiritual, not religious and whatever. That needs to be addressed. So any true Christian is a spiritual person. Period. Period. You know, when Christ was leaving, he said, I'm sending a helper. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? That's right. So spirituality is a non, you know, it's not an issue for the maturing Christian, believe him, for the for the true and sincere Christian. Mm-hmm. Now, you're saying I'm spiritual, not religious. I could go into a whole thing about this because I don't like when people say <laughs> that they hate religion and religion is bad da, 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 because they are talking about something else. They're not talking about religion, <laughs> but maybe I should get into that in a different video. Yeah. Why don't you save that for a different video? Okay. But a lot of times when people say spiritual, honestly, they are using the word spiritual to talk about ungodly and unbiblical practices. They're talking about um, hearkening, you know, to the voices of their ancestors, their dead ancestors. They are talking about using stones and meditating with with stones around them and all kinds of strange idolatry and new age practices. And they're talking about some kind of integrative um, spirituality. All roads lead to heaven and God. Out of body experiences. Yeah, all kind of, you know, infusing Hindu practices and Buddhist practices. And this is their newfound faith. That faith is not Christian faith. So if you are talking about that you want to be spiritual, that's fine, you can be spiritual. Just don't call yourself a Christian because (laughs) you're not a Christian at the point where you forsake Christ for stones and, you know, the earth and the universe and whatever, the creation as opposed to the creator. You need to be connecting to your creator. And God has laid out plainly in his word how to connect to him. We are reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. And if you don't name the name of the Lord, if you don't believe in the Lord and profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not a part of the body of Christ. It's his body. He's the head and we are the body. That's right. So if you are spiritual, so we all are. So what makes you, you know, the way you practice something unique that you can't, you can't be with us, other believers. Sorry to sound harsh. Yeah. You know, that one got me a little bit. That's what reminds (laughs) me of the Judaizers in the Bible, you know. But anyway, that's another thing to talk about again later. Sorry, I um, laughed loudly, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All Christians are spiritual. Not all spiritual human beings are Christian. Mm-hmm. Well said. That's, that's like a mic drop. We don't have to add to it. There you go. I will say, you know, if you are, you know, there are Christians who experience spiritual dryness. doesn't mean they don't have the spirit of of God in them means that they, you know, maybe are falling short on doing the things that they know make them feel connected to God. Reading your word, praying. I mean, the, the very fundamental devotions. It's very easy in today's highly distractible society, microwave generation, da, da, da. Like we, <laughs> everything's quick. Everything's on our phone. Our minds are frazzled. So I understand that. That's something that's a totally top, different topic altogether. But what Thomas said, that's just the bottom line. Yeah, don't have to add to it, really. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so then you were saying that we should come up, uh, like, summarize with five. Just so maybe this is the takeaway. round it up, yeah. Let's just to round takeaway. it up, because we sort of spoke here and there, which I like, by the way. Um, yeah, I like that we're speaking from, you know, within 
Mm. So five reasons why it is important for the professing Christian to attend, to assemble together with other believers. To join the it body is of church, right? Church doesn't have to be in, um, you know, elevation building or something. You know, I'm just using it as an example. It can be in someone's home or out in the park or mm-hmm. whatever. But okay, five reasons to attend church. One reason is for the teaching of the word of God. One reason we also gave is to find um, um, mentor relationships, even mentee relationships too. We didn't really go into that, but I believe that everybody should have, I, I heard someone say once up relationships and down relationships. So there are people who are pouring to us into us. And likewise, we are currently pouring into people. Yeah. So it, our faith is one that we are given the ministry of reconciliation we are to be we have we're given the um assignment to you know spread the great commission we are ambassadors for christ and we are trying to help people live godly lives we're trying to disciple people so Mm -hmm. you need to have the ups the up relationships and the downs and you can find those in church also uh that's the easiest place to find fellow christians right okay also it's important to attend church because I don't think we even hit on all the all the reasons we could give. Oh, okay, we'll say five that we've already said. You want to yeah. say what you were going to say? Teachers, mentors, um, even us sharpening one another. We mentioned that, so it doesn't have to be from a leader a leader lay member, you know, perspective. It's literally my sister who goes to the church. She's not any kind of leader. Is still able to. Teach me something I don't know. We are relating to another to one another. We're meeting regularly. We're building relationship with one another. And as we do that, we're sharpening one another. We're encouraging each other. We're building each other up in our most holy faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so that all this first three, well, no, two relational and one about the teaching of the word. Mm. Um, I forget. You go ahead. Yeah. Another reason is simply that salvation is individualistic, but very corporate in principle and in essence. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So we need to be connected to the body. The only way to, be. to even test your own faith, to even know that you have believed, is to be with other believers. Mm. That's the only way. How many times do we have altar calls in, in a church and sometimes people who have been in the church for six years, seven years, they just know it. I, I have just believed. I have now believed. You can only have that kind of experience when you are with other believers. When you're hearing the word like that and it's convicting you, it's working on your heart. It, Like I said, it's like fire. It tries you and you are able to see yourself. Mm, no, that one hit me. I don't think I've ever believed that. I have not even heard that word. I heard it today. And I'm not going to harden my heart. And you stand out and you believe. And you see your faith grow. So go to church because salvation in practice and in essence is corporate. Even though it's an individual experience between you and God. Mm. Another reason is that go to church because the church is able. The church has been given... Mm-hmm. the power and authority 
to help soften the sinner's heart. When you're not going to church, when you're outside of church, when you're not fellowshipping with other believers, your heart becomes harder before God. The chasm between you and God widens in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The more you are with other believers, the softer your heart becomes. You're quick to forgive. You're meek. You become a little bit more like Christ every day because you're challenged. You get someone to tap you to say, can you watch your words a little bit the next time you speak to your wife? I wasn't happy how I heard you talking to your wife because the church has an inbuilt system to criticize itself. That's why Christians are able to speak to even church authority. God has designed it like that in his own wisdom. Charlie's awake. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So, and then one last thing I'm going to say to you is so that you can um, contribute. Um, the reason why you're a part of the body, like uh, everything is useful that's on our body. There's nothing that's for nothing. Even though some people argue that some like tonsils or certain things are for nothing. I bet you. <laughs> I just know. God designed know? everything perfectly. Everything has its function from the ear to the eye to the nose. And you need to be a part of the body doing your part. So go do your part. And we should wrap up because Charlie's awake. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's awake. Uh, we need to go get him. But yes. Thanks. Does that make it five? That was like seven. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear Charlie crying even in the microphone. So we are going to wrap it up here. Life of parents. Yep. Um, thank you for staying with us. Let us know what you think. There's, yeah, there's please leave comments. several reasons why you need to go to church. You can share your experience with us. Why do you go to church? Mm-hmm. If you don't go to church, why don't you go to church? Right. Add to the conversation. Make yeah. it make it interesting. Make it nuanced. Help us. Yeah. <laughs> and Thank you. Yes, we love you guys. God bless you all. Amen. <laughs> all right, I'll go get it.